Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast where it's all about inspiration, education, diving deep into the stories of successful entrepreneurs that are making it happen. Today we have an incredible guest who's actually one of my world-class team members who's helping me publish the book You've Got One Shot. So one of the inspirations behind the whole vision and brand of the One Shop Movement, Emily Gower. Emily's an incredible entrepreneur that's been through challenges and adversities herself, which has helped her inspire her to do what she's doing today, which is publishing books for some of the biggest authors in the world. She's also published many of her own books. We're actually going to talk about some key things around publishing books in today's episode. Sit back, enjoy. I know you're going to enjoy this episode with Emily Gower. Welcome everybody to another episode of the One Shop Movement podcast where we dive deep into the stories of inspirational entrepreneurs that are making things happen. Very excited today because I've got my very personal publisher on board for today's interview, Emily Gower, and she's uh, an inspirational entrepreneur in her own right that's been publishing books for 10 years, has 50 clients internationally, published books all over the world, include 12 of her own and and her masterpiece she just released is called Born Great, which we will talk about in the journey. But I want to get started with Emily. She does have quite an empowering and inspirational story to share. Um, so I just want to welcome Emily to the show and um, love to hear more about your story. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Uh, so lovely to be on and uh, to have a little collaboration with the podcast episode. I think that's really inspiring. So I um, really appreciate that. But I'd absolutely love to share a little bit of my background story. And thank you so much for the introduction as well. And just a little correction, it's actually 11 books, but 12 is good because <laughs> I'm always working on the next one as well. So um, yeah, that's totally perfect. So I think like Craig, like for me, I, I mean, you know this already, like I, I love what I do. And my whole journey, I didn't necessarily obviously start where I am because we don't, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to start somewhere. And usually I find a lot of people are starting their journey or in a lot of cases with the authors that I work with, they're writing their books because they've been through some kind of challenge in their life that they've had to overcome. So for me, I was, I've always loved writing ever since I was a little girl. My mom said that I was basically writing on the wall for the house with a crayon. Like as soon as I could, I was writing. And so I've loved writing my whole life. I fell in love with self-development when I was about 17 years old. But then when I came out of school, I basically fell through the cracks between school and life and I had no idea what it was that I wanted to do and where it was that I wanted to go. And I was grappling with those existential questions about, you know, like, who am I? What do I want to do with my future? And I was having a really hard time with those. And essentially I hit, you know, rock bottom depression when I was 19 years old. I dropped out of uni. I had studied some self-development, so done a lot of NLP but I didn't really know where I wanted to go with my life. And so the, I guess the, the turning point of my journey was really early and it was in the middle of 2007, which is when I was 19. And I had a moment where I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to end my life. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too challenging. It's too difficult. And, you know, I'm out. And then in that moment where I was considering really like, you know, wiping myself off the planet, I had a, had just a deep feeling inside me that this isn't how life works and that there's actually so much more to life. And maybe that was because of the self-development, like the background that I'd already had. 
but I just knew, I just knew, you know what, I'm going to give my life a good shot. And that's really congruent, I guess, with the one shot and the one shot movement. And partly why you and I get along so well, Craig, is that we both understand that life is really precious. And I had that moment when I was 19 years old. And so I made a decision that I was going to do whatever it took to live an amazing life. And I made that, I made that commitment, you know, on the deepest level. And I've got goosebumps even saying that I made such a deep commitment to myself that I'm going to give myself the absolute best shot and I'm not leaving this planet until I've done that. And so now we're talking more like 13, 14 years later um, after, you know, making that decision, I uh, have had just an amazing journey because I then started my business as a professional writer and, you know, decided I was going to go and inspire the world and have been really blessed to inspire thousands of people, hundreds, I don't know how many, who knows how far our influence goes, but thousands and thousands of people around the world through my books and, you know, founding my publishing company as well and speaking on stages. And I've had an amazing journey ever since, but it did come out of, I say like my stories really like came out of depression and turned into inspiration. So mm. that's a really like the nutshell version, I guess, of my story so far. Yeah, look, I mean, that's quite yeah, a common thing. And, and I guess in 2020, you hear conversations like that and people like I've interviewed maybe out of the 20 interviews at the moment, I've, I've interviewed four people that have been in really dark places before going on to do what they've they've done. Like, But now I think the awareness around depression, mental health, I'm actually interviewing next week a guy that founded a, a brand called Love Me, Love You, which was dealing with male mental health. Um, but it was really him hitting rock bottom and just catching up with a good friend of his just for coffee and like it was like you know you're a great mate and they started sharing and now it's become a an amazing foundation but it, it's so it's so important to talk about things as well and you know I, I've spent a lot of time with you over the last 12 months and always find our conversations become quite deep quite personal quite vulnerable and you know it's quite um, fulfilling at the end of the conversation. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you being able to share that and not bottle it up is such an empowering thing. And, you know, one thing about, you know, Born Great, One Shop Movement and many other things out there, it is about inspiration and helping people understand that life is worth living. You do have one shot at life. You, you were born great. Um, and that's why I really am so happy we're here talking about you know books and you know future and, and just making the most of it and in your dark times were there people around you that you lent on or was it a situation where you figured it out yourself it was probably a combination of the two but uh there was definitely so one of my i know we're going to talk about this as well but i mean there's a huge importance for of mentors and the, like you say the people around you have a lot to do with um often how you come through situations and so like having that support is really important so one of my after i had had my kind of rock bottom turning point moment um at age 19 i would just say is like a, a john Martini, right so a lot of people know him he speaks and travels he was in the secret it, some marketing material for his course, The Breakthrough Experience, just landed in my lap. And I'd already heard, heard John speak on stage. I'd gone to a nighttime talk and I'd read like 53 pages of The Breakthrough Experience, like the book. So I'd read some of his books. And then one day this marketing material like appeared on my desk and I was really rock bottom, like $2.17 to my name. Um, I was rich. <laughs> I had like no money and I didn't want to get a job. I was so depressed. I mean, I was really rock bottom. I didn't know where I was going. And then this marketing material appeared and it was like, hey, The Breakthrough 
experiences on this weekend in Melbourne. And I just, I had one of those corny moments that was a life-changing moment of, I have to be there and I have no money, so I'm going to have to borrow it. So I rang a friend of mine on his lunch break. I said, can I borrow $2,000? Cause I need to, I need some flights accommodation and I'm going to this course. I have to do this. Otherwise I'm going nowhere. And uh, he said, yep. Okay. No problem. He put the whole thing on his credit card and then I convinced him to come with me. <laughs> so four days later, we're on a plane, went down to Melbourne and it changed my life. Like the breakthrough experience was, it's, it's such a profound experience and such a profound weekend um, that I've now done like 33 times over the last you know decade or so. Um, and it was so profound because it was the first time in my life that I really loved myself for who I was and got to have a visceral experience of my greatness and my significance and my worth. And I, I really it was such a heart opening transformational experience. And then after that, I knew that I wanted to do all of John's courses. Maybe not all of them. The guy has like 70, but I wanted to do more of John's courses. He has so many trainings and uh, I wanted to be part of that. So then actually the friend that I'd gone to the course with actually took out a loan, got a better job and took out a loan on my behalf so that I could do John's courses. And I invested $20,000 into John's trainings. And then after that, I spent every day using his tools and doing self-development for about a year. And I and out of that you know, self-love and self-worth that I finally started to experience for the first time, I discovered that I lo- I remembered that I love to write. I remember that I love self-help and I decided I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be an in- I wanted to share inspiration with the world. And ultimately the work I do with authors is about that. It's about sharing inspirational messages. And my whole career took off. Like opportunities started opening up. I started networking. My intuition would tell me, hey, go to this event, um, you know, go on. And then I would meet someone at that event. And I just released, I started my whole business. But John was a huge influence, especially in those first kind of years of my 20s, where he was just such an encouragement. And he still is today, such an encouragement of my potential and what I was capable of doing. Um, and that, you know, opportunities opened up, including the opportunity to edit his best-selling book, um, Inspired Destiny. So that happened by the age of, you know, 21. So John's definitely been a significant influence for me in helping me to love and appreciate myself for who I was. Because when I, when I started to do that, I finally, I finally realized I actually did know what I wanted to do with my life. I just needed to love myself enough to give myself permission to do it. So he was a huge influence for me. Mm. And, and ironically how things happen too like one of the guests that I had on here and I, I hadn't really joined the dots between anything but um can do belts uh she's a she's um we were talking about uh Demartini and he, the impact he had on her but also, I also knew that she published a book too and then I found out that you know you you helped her with it and you know like we're we're completely got no connection whatsoever between each other and we're all connected you know that's uh quite an amazing story in its own right um and you're you've still got a really good relationship with him too now as a, a guiding mentor is that uh what is your relationship with john still quite good or you're, you're out now you're you're off and racing and you don't have much connection yeah <laughs> no, I give, I'm John's been, I think it's quite amazing that he's been a consistent inspiration for me for more than a decade because that's not an easy thing to do. So um, it's a testament, I think, to him and who he is and how he makes his mark on the world. So, um, yeah, very, very, um, very much still consider him to be a guiding mentor, um, perhaps not quite as closely as in my early 20s, but he's still an influence for me. Um, you know, I still, we still email every now and again and give him updates on, you know, what I'm doing with my career. And I usually will go back and do the breakthrough experience, you know, whenever my intuition guides me to go um, and actually, you know, was had, a, had quite an amazing experience, a couple of them in the last year. But, 
by you know refreshing his course and actually having great moments of connection with him and just respect for the for the journey that we've we've shared from like I guess student to mentor over the last ten years or so and it's been very inspiring um, doing that so yeah he's still definitely still an influence in my life today there's no doubt about it and you know find him a reminder of the truth and you know sometimes we get off track or we get distracted or we run into self doubts or whatever and I think those are the moments where we need those messages of inspiration and guidance the most um, and so John's definitely one of those people that provides those for me. Mm. And look, I want to transition across a little bit now because you have been publishing books for a very long time. You've published a lot of your own books, but this latest one in particular for you, Born Great, um, it's uh, recently released and I, I feel that you're emotionally connected to that more than any of the other books that you've ever published because, you know, we're often having conversations about that, um, you know, in comparison to what you're doing working with me as well. But, um, you know, I don't hear a lot about your other books because, you know, this one here, it feels like nearly a baby to you. What, tell us about that book. Yeah, people people are like, how many books have you published? I'm like, 11. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about all those other ones. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because this is the masterpiece for me. So you know, my 20s, I mean, I was a mad woman in my 20s. I was so busy and I achieved so much in that first 10 years of my career that it actually makes my head spin. Um, you know, at the time when I was in the middle of it, people were like, oh, my God, how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just doing it. I'm just inspired. You know, I want to do it. So I go and do it. Um, I was taking full advantage of my one shot. And I, then I came sort of into the, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And I don't know if there's a natural gear shift that happens when you get a, start to go, oh, I'm getting a little older. And it's the first time you experience that. And with that, for me, came a desire to slow down. Um, and also, you know, I had a few, um, a little bit of burnout physically. I was, I worked so much. I used to work like seven days a week and I didn't really have a lot of space to kind of recuperate. Um, but I loved what I was doing, but kind of caught up with me a little bit. Um, so then I wanted to slow down and with that came the desire to after having written and published so many books and experimented with so many different types of books as well because I have some you know multiple author books and I have a couple of self-help books and a couple of books on book writing and I you know I experimented with so much it was like my I, on the inside of it well, I want to slow it down and I want to let the dust settle and I want to write a book that just captures every part of me in every way that I can possibly have that happen and so I, I was actually influenced by one of the authors I love to read um, Ryan Holiday he's an incredible writer and um, one of his books he actually encourages taking your time when you're putting a book together or taking your time when you're putting a project together and so that definitely influenced it as well. So it's kind of like a changing of the gears of, you know, into a new season of my life. And also the fact that I'd written so many books, had so much experience, I wanted to go, okay, all right, let's focus all that energy into one book instead of like seven and I actually concentrate it and, and create something that really reflects, I think, the core of me and, the, and my heart and puts that down on the page. And so that's what Born Great was about. And so it was probably the only book, it was the hardest one I've written. Um, and it was the only book I think that I've written so far where it was only through the writing of it that I worked out what I was actually really saying. And it took seven months for the title to show up, which for someone who helps other people with titles like easily was really frustrating. <laughs> it was so frustrating and it was a lesson in patience. But as I went through the process of writing and sharing, uh, it became really clear to me. And then one day the title was just there. I was like, Oh my gosh, the title was born great. And I thought, Oh, that feels good on in my body. feels good in my head. 
and it checks a lot of boxes. And then I realized it was actually my message for the world. So it was like through only through surrendering to that journey and going on that journey did actually I realized what my real message for the world is. It's always been to inspire people, but ultimately it's to have them get who they really are and to love and appreciate their true self. So that was, you know, it's been such an amazing journey. And then everything from that moment forward was really about honoring that vision that I now had for the book and, you know, everything down to like the detail of the cover. So, and I, I feel like I knocked that out of the ballpark. So I'm pretty happy with that. It's a masterpiece for me. Yeah, look, I mean, if you haven't uh, got it yet, if you're not friends with Emily online, I'd encourage you to connect with her. We'll ask her a bit about that at the end. But I want to share a little bit about our connection and story because we have a common friend and um, he's he's my coach. He's been a guest on the show, Johnny Cass, at uh, the Entourage Elevate um, Elite Member Program. And he'd been encouraging me for the... two years that I'd been in the program at the time to write a book and I said Johnny I've been in business for 20 years I've done a lot in business I've traveled the world I could write a book but I won't do it unless it's meaningful and ironically the year before I did reach out to you and just made a connection because he I think he made an introduction so there is an introduction on Facebook between us but I was traveling at the time and I said you know it's not ready and um, you know there's a quote or something that you know when the student's ready, the master will appear. And the conversation, uh, you know, six months later was, Craig, I really think you should write a book. And I said, Johnny, I'll do it, but I'll only do it if it's meaningful. And um, when I lost Ethan between his... um, him dying and his funeral I started journaling like very vivid and I I started like putting a bit of a framework together about bringing his legacy and impact to life so fast forward we met Emily we have a conversation I start telling her the story she was somewhat inspired by the story and said I really think you've got onto something here and then I started sharing some photos and it just clicked that we'd never connected before even though we were friends on social media but she um, from the photo I sent to her recalled um uh, recalled the original post of when Ethan had died five years earlier and all the jot uh, dots joined and we had many conversations about you know vision for the book and everything after that and it's sort of been quite a you know like a, a divine intervention really of just um, everything coming together having a good publisher that's really well um, experienced in this area that connects to the story and we personally get on very well so you know I, I really enjoy working with you and you know if you've got anything to add around that story that would be you know much appreciated yeah I think that's amazing so I mean like I said like my my work with authors uh has been was not something I originally set out to do actually I didn't say what kind of business do I want to run and you know what do I want to do uh, I always knew that I wanted to inspire people but I didn't predict that I would end up helping other people with their books so this whole thing that I that I do with authors uh, came about as a natural progression of my journey that I became published at age 23 and then someone demanded that I teach her how to write a book uh, and then it kind of went into mentoring which went into events which went into publishing and it sort of evolved over time but I love it because it gives me the opportunity to have, like, it's such a privilege. It gives me the opportunity to have a look into the life and the mind and the heart and the soul 
of someone who has a big message to share and to use my skills and extensive experience in the writing and also now the publishing space to help them bring that that voice out in the world in, in a meaningful way. So it's such a beautiful thing for me and I consider it to be quite a sacred, uh, quite a sacred relationship that I have with each author. And so if I don't feel magic and I don't feel like I have a spiritual contract with that author to help them with the book, I won't do it. So I have really strict rules about that because I know what's possible and Craig we've been experiencing that this co-creation and that relationship what happens when we come together with my skills my inspiration and then you and your story and your heart and what you want to say um and and you know when that comes together when we co-create wait till you see the end product I mean I can probably see the end product clearer than you can right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I have a vision for it and so I love what happens in that space and so I'm very choosy about there has to be magic there. There has to be green lights all the way up. And we had that with you. I mean, we, we got it on the phone, had a conversation. I thought, yep, um, I like this guy. I like what he stands for. Love the message. Love the story. I'm very moved by this. Who wouldn't be? And then I remember we were talking about, I had this inspiration on that first call when we talked about the book. Um, about using the feet and the little symbol of the feet representing Ethan's feet, uh, you know, throughout the book. And I had that vision and then we logged off the call and then you sent me an email and you sent me the photo of Ethan's feet. And that was the moment I realized I literally had seen and liked the original post about Ethan's passing where you'd posted his feet. And I I remember that moment so, so vividly. It was like, I'm so inspired by his courage to share that. So that was five years earlier and I'm, I've got goosebumps even sharing it because it was such a moment of, yes, you are absolutely working with this human being. Like this is, this is like you say, like divinely ordained or orchestrated, like the star of the line was like, that's what I, that's what I love doing when I work with authors. There has to be that kind of magic because I mean, how can you script that stuff? You know, that's too, it's just too perfect. So, so inspiring. I mean, I just love that story of how we have come to work together. Um, and it is such a significant story with, you know, so much depth and so much heart and angst in it as well that, you know, I think some people can't even imagine what that would have been like to go through that. And so I'm, I'm inspired, like, to see this come out and be published so other people can become inspired by that because it's just, yeah, so much depth in it. So I love it. It's, I think it's incredible. And how, yeah, how we got put together to do this is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and just to add to that too, like, whatever you do in life, like, this... This um, podcast and series is about diving deep into stories, inspiration, education. And one of the lessons I've always stood by is, you know, use the experts in their niche to go and guide you to go and get a good end result for whatever it is that you're trying to do. You don't go and do your own accounting because you'll cost yourself money. You don't go and send out your own legal letters to people uh, written by you. Same thing. I will be absolutely terrible wouldn't even know where to start um, if I didn't engage a a, a high quality publisher to help guide me mentor me and and be you know very much deeply involved in the process of um, you know launching a book as well and um, you know it's a powerful thing and and while we're on the topic um, there, there might be people in the audience that do want to get a bit of an idea about how to write a book, um, um, you know, at a macro level, like higher level, what are some really key things that are have-tos to be able to write a book? Yeah. So, well, two, probably three big things. <clears throat> um, starting from a really high level, you have to know why you're doing it. 
In other words, you need a clear vision. So it's, I was just talking to one of my clients about this this morning. I was like, okay, so when this book is in your hands, because most people come to me and they say, well, I have a spark of an idea or I have an idea of what I want to write about. And then my first question is, okay, what do you want to do with it once it's in your hands? Mm. So what is your vision for how you're going to use this? And usually that, that question is where uncertainties will come up or they'll go, actually, I know exactly what I want to do with this. So want to use it to you know show people i want to share my story i want to share my message that's a big one or i want to establish a little credibility um i find those are usually the top two reasons people want that but they need to have a vision in their mind so if you're going to write a book don't do it unless you have a strong reason to do it i have written books that and published them that were just play projects i didn't really have like a a, a, a sole drive it was like let me play with this i mean you know I, I wrote a book about like sensuality it was like i just flicked it out in like five weeks i had a blast with it but it didn't have a compelling why behind it. It was just a piece of fun for me because why not? Whereas Born Great, totally different ballgame. This is a book that is like the doorway into the world of Emily Gower. So it's a signature book, very much like yours will be for you, Craig. So I think that that deep why and that strong, compelling why, you're going to need that because the book writing process is not as easy um, as some people would kind of want it to be necessarily. And it's a journey and it will require your heart and soul and your attention. And the publishing process sometimes can take longer than the writing of the book in some cases, depending on the nature of the book. So you just need to have that strong why because it's going to keep you through those challenges. So that would be the first one. You need to have a really strong reason for it. And the second one is you need to have a great idea. Like, a, and I mean a really strong idea. Like if someone goes, oh, I kind of want to write, I kind of want to write about this. And maybe I could also share this and this and that. Go, it's not clear enough. Like it's, you need to see this baby on the shelf in a bookstore in your mind. Like it needs to be that clear that you could see exactly where it would sit in a bookstore, exactly what the title would be, exactly what problem it solves. So there needs to be a clarity on that um, in order for you to be able to move forward. Otherwise, you're going to get tangled and the book will come out strange. <laughs> I've seen some books come out <clears throat> kind of strange because the idea wasn't very clear cut or I picked up the book, I was like, well, I don't even know who this is written for because it's not clear. Like the title doesn't tell me what the book is about. So all of this work should be done in like the foundation work of what the idea is. And then as a follow-on of that, the third piece is where you go into structuring and planning your content. But you need to do those high-level things like the vision and having a really clear idea. Those have to come first. And then you can go into structuring and planning, which is now when you're shifting gears into actually writing the book. So you need those things first, for sure. Mm. And some people do, like, I guess really when I think back to my conversation with Johnny, Johnny was probably getting me to try and elevate my brand with a credibility piece book. But for me, I wasn't prepared to go down a book path unless it was a meaningful book, you know. So I guess, and he, you know, that that was really good advice from him to actually, because it just makes sense, you know, authors do have a little bit higher level of credibility in lots of ways but um, yeah for me listening to what you're saying there I didn't want to just write a book for credibility I wanted to do something that was meaningful and had purpose and if I'm going to put my heart and soul into something it's got to be from the heart. <laughs> yeah absolutely that that makes a, a lot of sense to me and you know, I was just saying to someone yesterday I was like I uh the, the, the act of writing and sharing an amazing message for me is the reward in and of itself. And if I, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a born writer, so I'm definitely meant to write. But if I don't do that, I'm kind of like going crazy, you know, because I, I need that. But the, the joy of that for me is the reward. And then I laughed and I said to my girlfriend, I said, uh, well, I just spent like two and a half years writing a book without any payment. In fact, I paid to do it because I flew to London and fronted a, you know, accommodation and whatever expenses. But I didn't even think about that for a fleeting second. Like it did never occurred to me through the writing of the book 
because it's so important. It's like a spiritual obligation of like, this is so important. This matters so much. And it's about the message and the quality of that message and the way that that touches people's lives. You know, that was what was most important. So I I have a lot of respect for the fact that you do it from a heart space. Mm. And what about just when you're writing your own book? um, Is there something like some people like want to go away into a peaceful environment, into the, the woods and sit down by a tree and write or go to a special place on earth? What is there something that you have found has really worked for you when you've been been inspired to write books yeah yeah absolutely um well in my early 20s i didn't have a busy schedule or a business so i was able to kind of free write like all the time whenever i wanted to i would just write but then when i opened my company and i started serving more clients and we started playing a bigger game i was like oh, i'm gonna have to schedule this so um so i think the first thing is that when people go i don't know I'm, you know i'm struggling to write and like we well, need to carve the space so and space is time like in order for you to have the space to write you need to carve the time those two things are inextricably linked and so i found for me is that and it were it's the same for me if i don't carve the space and time writing does not happen like this morning at local cafes like sit down block out half hour an hour it takes a very short space of time for me to write a, like a piece or an article. Um, it takes maybe half an hour or whatever. But I have to block that space. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. So I did that just this morning. But when I'm working on a book, it has to be a longer time block because I'm working on more words. So what I found for me is when I was working on Born Great, there were times where I would book block a week and just go so I could just give my attention to the one thing, just put 100% of, 100 units of energy, 100% of my time into one project. And then I also went to London for three and a half weeks just to just to write as well and to allow myself that space. So there's definitely something to be said for those longer time blocks. But on kind of a more of a day-to-day basis, I found I would have to have at least three to four hours in a time block and ideally the whole day. Because uh, I found like it's such a big mental gear change to go from serving a client or choosing a font for someone else's book or, you know, um, marketing or whatever I'm doing to then going and writing. It's a totally different state of mind. So I would try to time block and organize my schedule in a way that would allow me to flow more easily into that creative space. So the whole thing is it is all about creating space. So I have clients that write every morning for two hours from five till seven, and that's how they start their day. And I've also had clients who take off for the week like I would have done. They took off for the week and they write a huge chunk of it. Uh, and, you know, I had clients um, who just take like one day a week. So, but the whole thing is that you need to find that space and that time to actually um, be present with your content and present with the book. So again, it's all about, it's all about time blocking and carving out that space and time to, to actually become present with what it is that you want to write and what you want to say. Otherwise your mind is all over the place. You know. Mm. Yeah. I actually find creatively for me when I'm, uh, this is whether it's business, whether it's book, whether it's yeah, to-do lists. I find uh, when I go for a run and tune out, my I, I get really creative um, in my brain and I'll end up stopping and just writing down notes. It's quite fascinating that, um, you know, I'll be an hour. I'm actually, it is actually Ethan's birthday today, the 24th of January 2020. So it's quite ironic we're actually doing this interview on on this day but we're chatting online before jumping on here and I actually have been out for the last hour because I can just like think about what I want to say and every year I do a tribute to him um, but I find that if I just sit down somewhere and try and think and, and, and force it 
it uh, doesn't naturally happen. But if I go out and run, I'll end up going, oh, I've got to stop and write that down. That's like a, a point of genius. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's funny and fascinating. And I guess in books, you're a writer, publisher, author, guide people, coach people, mentor people. What books do you like reading? Uh, do, do you have an interest for, um, you know, all, it's all self, self-help self or do you have fiction interests or great stories? What do you like? Yeah, great question. So <clears throat> somewhat ironically, I write self-help. Generally, I write self-help. It's usually my favourite topic, but I don't read self-help. <laughs> I used to. I used to read a lot of it. I do read it through my clients because a lot of people bring me self-help books. Um, but when I'm, when me, when I'm like sinking my teeth into a book and can't get enough of it, they're pretty much all business books. So mm. I love that. I've just in the last four or five years really fallen in love with reading again um, and fallen in love with, you know, particular books. I have a, a few favorite authors that I just, every book that they will produce, I'll read it. Books that I'll still recommend, even though it's four years later after I read it. Um, we were just talking about the one thing the other week online in your social mm. media, Craig, like the one thing is an amazing book. So I'm usually reading like books that are sharpening my mindset. So I read a lot of Ryan Holiday. So I'm buried in Ryan Holiday's new book, Stillness is the Key, at the moment. That's an incredible book. It's uh, aiding me through a shift in my career and life in such a powerful way. So I love Ryan's books. He's more of a mindset side of it. And then uh, like Mike Michalowicz, um, Cal Newport's Deep Work. These are amazing books, like amazing authors. So usually it's in that, yeah, progressing the sharpening of my mindset or learning a new skill in business or, mm. you know, something along those lines. But that's usually where I, what I'm sinking my teeth into and getting a lot of joy out of that too. But yeah, I read a lot of self-help when I was, you know, in my late teens because I was searching and I was very lost. And, and now I guess I'm not lost, <laughs> not lost at all. So it's about kind of growth and going to that next level. So um, yeah, that's kind of usually where I find myself in terms of reading. Always at the end of every episode, always like to ask rapid fire questions. You've probably just answered one, but do you have a favorite book or like, doesn't have to be what is present right now. What about a book that's just really just lasted the test of time? It could be the book you just announced, but yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting. I think this might, this might be because of my uh, business and <laughs> the profession, but uh, I tend to be like infatuated with whatever current book I'm reading. Um, and so right now I, I would have to say like in terms of a book that I feel would make a big difference, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday's just an extraordinary read. And yes, maybe it is because I'm reading it right now. But I also have to say the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, if you haven't read Deep Work, that book uh, skyrocketed my productivity but also helped me to start reconnecting with a deep sense of meaning that I needed. And so that book, I read that actually would I started it was actually the book that inspired Born Great initially because I was reading his book when the inspiration for Born Great first came to me and so I say deep work is definitely one of those books that stands the test of time for me that just has this timeless wisdom that I keep coming back to that I keep remembering because he's all about focusing on what you love focus on what matters and what has meaning and then structure your entire life around that and to me I think that is the key to fulfillment and success and meaning so um, I think deep work and stillness is the key is a nice addition to deep work so maybe they kind of fit together that way. Mm. What about are you into podcasts Uh, is there anything that you like there or you turn to? I actually don't listen to any podcasts at all. <laughs> I'm one of those weird people that doesn't do audiobooks and podcasts. Um, about to start listening to more of them. So not, um, yeah, not, not huge in terms of podcasts, but I will tend to listen to more like inspirational videos and stories from speakers online 
um, occasional TED talk. So I do get kind of like that that input, yeah. but just not strictly through podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. What about favorite quote? Is there a quote that you live by? That's a great question. That's a hard question for a writer. <laughs> you just asked me to pick between all my favorite words. Um, there are some that particularly move me, but I love as a lot actually that particularly move me. But I really love Ralph Waldo Emerson. I think that he has some amazing quotes, and one of my favorite quotes from him is when he says, "What lies b- behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us." And yeah. I love that quote. I mean, so perfectly, obviously relevant for Born Great as well. But I love, I love that because sometimes we get caught up in the future and in the past and you know, we forget that actually our the ability to overcome all of our challenges and the source of everything we want is actually living right inside us. So I love that quote. Mm, powerful, powerful message. What about, um, and it could be message from anywhere in life, even a school teacher may have done it. What, what would you say the best bit of advice you've ever received is? Best bit of advice I've ever received. <clears throat> it would possibly have to come out of my studies with John and the time that I spent with John. And it's not so much one specific moment as it was a series of moments. It was around the power of be yourself. Mm. So people go, oh, just be yourself. And they say it really lightly, but there's so much power in that. Is that everything that you want in your life, all that deep meaning and everything that you dream of only happens when you have the courage to be who you truly are. And mm. so there's a lot of, I think, magic in the authenticity. And it, like I said, it took me a long time to, to really start loving, I guess, and appreciating my true self. But all the great meaning and the amazing clients and the magic that happens in my life and the opportunities in the books, everything has come about because I chose to forge my own path and because I chose to go and find myself and believe that I could create something amazing from that. So I think authenticity and being yourself is probably the best advice I've received. And the more I go through my life, the more I realize that that's so true because it's a foundation for everything else. So that means, you know, doing what you love, being who you are, following your path of purpose, not listening to the outside world, you know, when it comes to setting your goals, but actually listening to your heart. There's a lot of ripple effects of doing that, I guess. So being yourself and embracing your authenticity and loving that is probably the best advice I've received. Yeah, like I I totally relate with how you say it can be quite a surface level um, sentence, you know, love yourself or whatever. I, I sort of really related to that last year listening to Jay Shetty talk at one point and he was talking about so many people throw out the word love you know and at a surface level the word love like you walk into your house at night and you go oh love you like that or yeah but he he said the real meaning of love is more like a doing activity you know like something you know like it might be a gesture it might be you know a hug or if something physical and make it more meaningful and I, you know when you were just talking about that it just that's what popped into my head straight away and um i yeah. think it's very similar in that way that's a lot more than just the words yeah, maybe it's not just being yourself, but doing yourself in a way like that you're actually doing you. So how are you actually following that? You know, it was talking to one of my clients about that yesterday. It's like we all have this calling inside of us. Our soul is nudging us to mm. do something, pursue something that has great meaning. And it's it's us. It's us being us who we were born to be. But not often do we actually have the courage to follow that and to do that. So that's why I say like the being yourself, it's really more of a doing than a being in a lot of ways. 
and and the very act of doing that is you being yourself so it is i think much deeper than most people realize so when you when you have that courage to to pursue what's inside your heart that's your originality you know that's what your soul's guiding you to do so i think that yeah that's a, a good point about that like it, it can come across quite surface level but it's really quite deep mm. and just in wrapping up what's next for emily more books more coaching where do we find emily um yeah where do we find me? <laughs> so, <laughs> not physically. <laughs> no, not physically. I was like, well, I'm going to be traveling more. Um, so I, I did say in 2020 I was not planning to write another book. It took six days into the new year for me to get an idea for a new one. Um, more of a passion project than maybe like a career advancement type book. Um, so I do have a, a bit of an idea for a new book, but totally different topic. So possibly exploring relationships. Um in kind of an open open conversation kind of way. So maybe maybe a new book in 2020, but I'm going to be writing more online, so sharing more like broadly because I was very underground, I think, with Born Great. Uh, and so I'd be sharing a lot more broadly and um, also then looking at like podcasts and working with more clients and doing a lot more traveling. So sharing my message of inspiration even more, even more broadly and yeah, just get move, getting out and meeting people. You know, my when I finished Born Great, um, late 2019 my I, the way I described it was my world went from you know black and white 12 point times new roman font back to multiple colors <laughs> so you know it's uh, really lovely to come out of that and have a breather and and yeah moving forward in, I guess in, in that way of just sharing sharing the book obviously is part of that and doing some more speaking and traveling and uh, having a lot of fun and, and just being creative with that and connecting with people and so it's really about kind of I guess going from that focusing on just that one book to then writing a lot of different content and, and showing up and sharing a lot more with the world and uh, social media, is that where the best place to connect with you? Absolutely. So as long as you get my last name spelled right, you can find me pretty much everywhere. So you can go find me on Facebook. Um, I think I'm the only Emily Gower um, on the web that has the OR in Gower. So if you find me, you'll find me on Instagram. Um, so that's my Instagram handle, Emily Gower. You can also find me on Facebook and my Facebook page as well. So yeah, definitely follow me on social media. My website is just emilygower.com. So you can find out what I'm up to and what I'm doing there as well. Okay, and look, uh, just uh, in wrapping up, obviously I've got a close relationship with Emily and we are doing this project together. She's my uh, personal publisher for the One Shop Movement and it does give me goosebumps of inspiration and some of the creative ideas that she's brought to the table are things that I would have never even thought of. So, you know, she's uh, you know what I would call a very dear friend from that point of view, even though we're working together. Um, but as you would have got out of this episode, episode here that did have inspiration what courage when you've been through that depression and loss to go and find yourself to turn into who you are now as a uh, an incredible international publisher but also education Emily shared with some really good insights to write in a book if that's something of interest to you and I think I would probably be a big um big tick as using a publisher if you want to do something that's very meaningful and something with an end product that's high quality doing something yourself can come out okay but i think the the x factors and the one percenters will come out if you use an expert so on that note um, as always go out there live with passion and purpose uh, and let's thank emily for jumping on this week's episode Thanks so much, Craig. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that episode with Emily. 
Emily shared a lot about her deep past and a story and adversity and challenge, but she also provided a lot of education around book writing and publishing books and what it takes and what you need to look for. So I hope you got a lot out of today's episode with Emily Gower. My name's Craig Schultz. I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast. And as always, we'll see you next week.